TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good afternoon. Always a privilege sitting in for the great Charlie James. Charlie returns on Tuesday. You can follow me, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, Heidi Hair Show, Heidi Hair Show, Heidi Hair Show. Got Will in there doing an expert job at producing the show. You know, it's always, I feel comfortable when you're here, Will. It's always fun. Always fun. Uh, by the way, did you get any gift cards for the holidays? I got one. I did not. Oh, well, you got to get better friends and family. My mom sent me a gift card and I, I said, mom, and, and <laughs> her husband put it in the mail. So my mom's not in the best of health. And I always tell her, mom, I don't have, please, you don't have to get me a Christmas gift of any kind. Please, mom, please, please don't do that. I'm going to see her in a couple of days here. So I'm going to bring her some stuff. But I said, don't, don't do that, mom. So she sends a gift card. Her husband said, and he said, just put it under the tree and open it up. Have you ever gotten an Amazon gift card through the mail? They send in a cute little box. I haven't. No, that sounds. Yeah. It's cute. It's a little box. Well, obviously it's in a box, so it throws off the people who might want to steal it. It literally arrives in a little box. It's very cute. And you think I put that under the tree? Are you... I got right on Amazon. I'm like, that same night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't See, I'm an adult. I don't have to wait for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I can do whatever I want to. No right. one's going to stop me, right? And here's why I mentioned the, the gift cards. Apparently, Americans are going to spend nearly $30 billion this holiday season. They did, and probably people are still spending it. I don't know. According to the National Retail Federation, restaurant, this is interesting. I did not know this. Restaurant gift cards are the most popular, making up a third of the gift card thing. Isn't that crazy? I I've given people, I guess, once or twice a restaurant gift card. But anyway, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it seems to me like it would be more like a gift card to somewhere. And I guess this changes now, but I always remember getting the, the like mall gift card. Yeah, you get the mall. Right, exactly. Or the mall yeah. gift card or the Amazon gift card or the Walmart gift card. You can buy whatever you want at that uh, particular yep. place, right? There's a company called Patronix, which tracks restaurant gift card sales, says about 70% of the gift cards are used within six months. Can I just offer a suggestion, folks? Please use them because you know what happens if you don't use them within six months? You forget you have them, right? right. And then you don't use them. Um, and to my point, according to the National Retail Federation, tens of billions of dollars worth of gift cards wind up forgotten or otherwise unused. Yikes. crazy and apparently um after clothing gift cards will be the most popular present this season this and that okay but they say the gift cards get lost or forgotten and recipient or recipients hang on to them for a special occasion i don't do that because i'm not sure about the expiration date on all these things right i got another one from a friend i'm gonna have to try to use and i hate to immediately use it but it's not cash that I can put somewhere. It is a gift card, and I'm concerned that it may not be honored if I wait too long, right? So they're saying that under federal law that went into effect in 2010, a gift card can't expire for five years from the time it was purchased. Well, what if you get it at a place that goes under, right? I mean, there have been so many companies that have gone under in the last couple of years. If you had a gift card to that restaurant or that you know, home store or whatever, I mean, that's why I'm like, you know what? 
life's uncertain. Eat dessert first. Go spend your gift card first. That's what I say. But experts also say it's wise to spend them quickly, especially generic cash cards from Visa or MasterCard. They will start accruing inactivity fees if they're not used for a year. I didn't. Did you know that they tack on inactivity fees to a gift card? Is so bogus. <laughs> that is no. Right. No, they do. And here, I didn't know that. And also, obviously, inflation does make cards less valuable over time. I'll give you an example. I bought something for myself. I'm not trying to give a free plug, and I'm not going to. Uh, this bag that I wanted for traveling, and I got it on Amazon. And if I had waited till I got the, till my mother said I could use the gift card Christmas, I would have spent more money on it. But it was like almost 30% off when I ordered it the day I did offer it, right? Order. I only ordered it because I liked it, not because they were offering 30%, but it was a nice bonus. But that's the thing. If you wait, let's say you wait six months and you got a $50 gift card, let's just pick any restaurant or whatever. Okay, we'll just go with Chick-fil-A, okay? Right. Or or Starbucks or whatever, okay? you get. And I know a lot of people give Starbucks. I don't do Starbucks because I don't like coffee. But people who, um, you know, like Starbucks, you get them a $50 gift card at Starbucks. So what's that coffee going to be costing in six months or a year, right? Now you're going to get a lot less for your $50 in most restaurants and most coffee places and most everything. I'm telling you guys, use your gift cards quickly. Just use them. Give them to somebody else. And uh, this is a funny thing now. Uh, there's actually, Nash, it's called National Use Your Gift Card Day, a five-year-old holiday created by a public relations executive and now backed by multiple retailers. The next one of those, should you choose to partake, is January 20th, 2024. That's actually a really good idea, right? To get people off the couch and shake their tail feathers and use their gift card and to have, you know, like, let me give you an example. Maybe it's not the best example. In the state of Alaska, as you know, you may know if you've ever been there or know anyone who lives there, they have a fund that you get, you get money every December, and it's called the Alaska Permanent Fund. Related to oil, I'm not going to get into the weeds on that. And it changes every year. The amount fluctuates, all right? But let's just go with $1,500. Now, when I was up there visiting friends in Alaska, I noticed that all these retailers know everybody's going to have $1,500, whatever that day is, each year, Okay. They are ready for you. They are offering deals. They want that money, big time. So, you know, because people are going to spend it the first day, a lot of them, right? So it makes sense to just use your gift card whenever. But anyway, it's kind of interesting. In 19 states, retailers must work with the state unclaimed property programs to return money from unsent gift, unspent gift cards to consumers. So don't do that to your family and friends. Just spend the gift card, which reminds me, i got to spend mine. You don't need any more boring stuff on that, but... I thought it was interesting. $30 billion a year, just poof, gone. The retailers get it. They don't have to give you anything for it. Wow. But like I said, with inflation the way it is now, I don't care if you're buying groceries with your gift card, what you're buying. If I were you, uh, shipping, uh, you know, some places ship free. A lot of places don't anymore, and that's gone through the roof. So use your gift card. All right. Take a break, and we're going to come back. We'll talk about the number one reason Americans are withdrawing from their savings accounts. You know, they try to tell us that the economy's fine, everything's good. Oh, yeah, Biden under Biden, lots of jobs, lots of this. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know who they know because the people I know are all talking about how bad the economy is and how much things cost and how hard it is. But uh, we'll get to that coming up, and I'll get back to the comment line. Te- comments at retirement planning text line always open. 71307, 71307. I'm Heidi Harris in for Charlie James.
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good afternoon. Always a privilege sitting in for the great Charlie James. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line always open, 713077-7137. I was talking a moment ago about Idaho, and it's not because I like to talk about Idaho, although it's a pretty state. I was talking about the problem that the Carolinas have, problem Florida has, problem Nevada has, uh, Washington State, a lot of states where Californians move. <laughs> Texture, I love this one. <laughs> What is uh, Californians are an evasive species to red states. Boy, is that the truth. Isn't that the truth? And I hate to say it because if you're a conservative, a real conservative, I don't mean you're a conservative and you want to make sure all everybody in the new town you move to gets all the benefits you had in California. That's why the state's broke because they can't pay all those benefits to everybody. And that's reality. And that's what's funny is if you move somewhere like Idaho and you, you know, you can, you have a hundred thousand dollar pension, you could buy. I mean, I looked up the, the prices in this town, Eagle, it's $700,000 for a three bedroom, two bath house. Okay. Now that's a lot in California too. I mean, it's a million dollars or more for just a track home anymore. But the reason it's so expensive is because all these people who have all this income are moving up there. Obviously. But if you continue to push for all these benefits and additional things government should pay for, well, then the people who live in Idaho get run out of there. So it happened in Hawaii. A lot of places have had that happen. They can't live there anymore. Can't afford it. Everyone's running them out of the state. And then we were talking about gift cards a little bit. Texture, restaurant gift cards are worth very little today. Prices are incredible now. Exactly. That's why I was saying if you get a restaurant gift card or pretty much any gift card, I highly, highly recommend that you use it right away. I wouldn't wait because you can get a $50 gift card. I'm not sure how far you can get with 50 bucks anymore at a restaurant. Breakfast, maybe. But, you know, that card is going to be, you know, worth very little. You might get an appetizer and, you know, one glass of wine or something with it now. Crazy. Texture, can't we just have a flat 10% sales tax across the board and let counties pay the state and then we'll give them their federal share? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm all for that. I don't care how much you make. I think everybody should play, pay a flat tax, 10%. I don't care if you make $1,000 a year, $10,000, 100000 $100 You know, they always say, I love it when people say, well, the, the, people need to pay their fair share. And I always ask them when they say that. I say, well, what's your fair share? Give me a percentage or a dollar amount. What, what, this throws them off. This is a great way to handle it, okay? When someone says that to you, tell me what you want them to pay. Percentage or dollar amount. What's their fair share? Please tell me. And they can't. I've never had any liberal ever say that to me and have an answer when I just ask those two very simple questions. Well, actually one question, a dollar amount or a percentage? Tell me what's of quote unquote fair share. It would be fair if everybody paid the same amount. That's what would be fair, but they don't. So that's unfortunately how it is. So a CNBC uh, survey recently found that 40% of people who reported having withdrawn cash from their savings said they did to, so to cover fixed bills such as a car payment. That's scary, isn't it? 
Now, not everybody has a car payment. I understand that. But still, if you do a fixed bill, I'm not talking about your car broke down, uh, you know, your washing machine went, whatever. We're talking about a fixed bill, like something you pay every month. 40% of people took savings out to pay for that. Yikes. The second, listen to this, the second most cited reason in the survey done by CNBC for people to take money out of their savings was to cover expenses like groceries. I'm not making that up. That's where we are now, right? That's where we are now. Wow. Experts say, according to economic indicators, say we're doing better than a year ago. I don't think, really? Which economic indicators are those? Talk to anybody at the grocery store? <laughs> he said, but households don't think of prices in 12-month growth rates. No, we don't. We think of, can I just be honest? We think of prices in when Trump was president, it cost this much. Now that Biden's president, it costs this much. And I don't care why. I'm blaming it on Biden. That's it. 22% of Americans tapped into their piggy banks for large purchases like a house. Okay, I can get that. And the same number reported they had to use their savings to cover emergencies like a hospital visit. Okay. But when 40% of people who tapped into their savings are doing it to make an existing bill, an existing payment, you can say, well, you shouldn't have a car payment. Well, sometimes, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes people don't have a choice. They don't because they're making so little money that they can't afford to save enough. You know, what you should do is like what the Dave Ramsey plan, right? You save money every month, put that aside. And then when you need to buy a car, you buy a cash, pay, pay cash for the car. And then the minute you buy that car, you start saving for your next car that you pay cash for. Okay, that's all well and good. And it's good advice. But it doesn't really work for everybody. Especially with the prices now of cars. I remember being in a situation one time where I had to lease um, I didn't even want to get a new car. It was, fact, it was the first, I was 33 years old. It was the first new car I'd ever owned. And I leased it, and I only leased it because it was cheaper to lease it than buy it, and I had good credit, so I leased it. And it was like half the money as it was to buy it. Now, leasing isn't always a great idea. And then a couple of years later, I did um, have to trade it in for something else because I changed my life, and I was, then I was working in music, and I had to haul my equipment and everything, so I needed a bigger car. But I leased it because it was the cheapest way to go at the time. You know, so you can't beat people up for having a car payment. Nobody wants a car payment, do they? But sometimes you have to have one if things go crazy. Or sometimes, you know, I know people, for example, I have friends who are in the music business and, and they buy cars every couple of years. And the minute the warranty goes out, they get rid of it, buy another car, a different car. And they just factor in a car payment to their budget because my friends who are musicians they play guitar and things like that they can't be down there pulling your transmission with their fingers they can't be doing that <laughs> doesn't work when you're playing guitar right you can't be doing all that stuff so you need even if you knew how you wouldn't want to tear up your fingers so you have a car somebody else fixes it you have to get to the gig you don't want to worry about whether the car breaks down i mean i drive an old car only because my husband is mechanically inclined if it weren't for him i wouldn't have this car that's so old so everybody's got a different situation, but the idea that people are taking savings out to make a car payment that could go on for another year, depending on, I mean, sometimes people are financing cars for what, six, seven years now? Yikes. It's tough, but the price of used cars has gone down a little bit, but boy, was it crazy a couple of years ago, right? 
I have a friend who owns a couple car dealerships and he was telling me at the time, he said, I'm making money hand over fist. And he's a very ethical guy who owned to use some used car a lot, still does. He said, I'm making money hand over fist. He said, but I'll tell you, in a couple of years, it's going to be terrible when these people are upside down in the cars. Now, he wasn't ripping anybody off. I don't think he even financed cars. But you know what the car's value is this. You know, I can get 10000 from this truck for this truck all day long. Uh, I, you know, I can't give it to you for eight because someone behind you will buy it for 10. Obviously, a good business person is going to sell the car at the value of the car. But he said, I'll tell you what's going to change is in a couple of years when these people are all upside down in their cars. Anybody remember 2007, 2008, 2009? Suddenly, you're $100,000 underground or what, underwater in your house. Remember that? When things change, I hope it doesn't happen again. But I remember when it happened. I remember there was a, in uh, Vegas, there was a developer who had built, you know how they do it. They do phase one, okay? So they built phase one and they charged, I don't know, 400000 for the house. So just picked, I'll just go with that number, okay? And then when the developer came in, they sold all the phase one. Then they came in, this is about 2008, Right before that, before 2009. And then the developer came in, and in phase two, suddenly they were charging $100,000 less. So the people in phase one just lost $100,000 in value in their houses. Wow. And I remember we were all just talking about it on the air going, whoa, what just happened? And that was really kind of the beginning of the, you know, getting the ball rolling and uh, the craziness that went on in 2008, 2009. I hope that doesn't happen again. I sure hope it doesn't. I'm Heidi Harris, in for Charlie James, coming right back. Okay, always a privilege sitting in for the great Charlie James. Charlie returns on Tuesday. Hope you're having a good, hope you're getting some days off. A lot of people have today off because obviously, um, you got, well, some people have Monday off. It's just been a weird time of year, right? Some people take off the week between Christmas and New Year. Some people don't get that. I get it. So I'm here so Charlie can take off. Aren't I a good person? Yeah. All right. In case you're keeping score at home, it's difficult to figure this one out. All right. Let me give you an idea of what's going on with Trump. Uh, now you probably know right as I was getting off the air yesterday. Matter of fact, right after I got off the air with Charlie yesterday, uh, they decided in Maine to take Trump off of the primary ballot. Okay, I mean, you know, all right. I mean, we know what's happening here. I just want to give you an update on it, okay? We've talked it to death, but I'll just give you an update. Now, Colorado took him off, then they put him back on after Republicans threatened, uh, after they did appeal to the Supreme Court, okay? So the main Secretary of State, Shenna Bellows, Democrat, of course, determined that Trump's disqualification was required by the insurrection clause because he threatened the peaceful transfer of power. Well, that goes for who? Al Gore, too, right? And Hillary Clinton, right? I mean, I'm not going over all this old stuff. You guys all know this, okay? But it keeps happening, so I have to sometimes remind everybody. Hillary wasn't happy with the election. Al Gore wasn't happy with the election. I mean, this is, you know... I was reading this this book. I've been reading this last week about the carpetbaggers who came from the north down to the south after the Civil War. And there was a funny story, and I don't have the book here in front of me, and I'd forgotten what state it was in. I want to say, oh, it doesn't matter, one of the southern states. And there was a sheriff, somebody who ran for office against, somebody had helped his friend become the sheriff of the town. And then he didn't feel like his friend was doing a good job, so he ran against him. Well, then when he won, the friend wouldn't leave the office, would just refuse to abandon his office. 
to the point where there was actually a shootout. And they had to, you know, they brought in these big guys to try to get him out of the office. And ultimately, he got killed, the guy who wouldn't abandon his office. And I just snickered. And I, I, that's why I love history. I love reading history. Because you think it's all, oh, it's so much worse than it's ever been. Or it's so much more corrupt. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nobody likes to leave. You got to get a crowbar to get some of these people out of their offices, right? It's nothing new in human history. They tried to move some dates of elections because they want a more favorable political uh, climate. Come on. We all know this is nothing new. Okay. Anyway, it's just just fun. I love love to read history and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds right. Sounds right. So by the way, Trump's not ever been convicted of insurrection. Okay. Colorado and Maine are just two of at least 35 states considering challenges to Trump's candidacy over insurrection concerns, Axios reports. Though many of the efforts have been unsuccessful, right? Section 3 of the 14th Amendment states that no one should hold office in the U.S. if they have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Okay. Now, uh, other people are trying it. And anyway, I, you know, we'll see. But here's what's interesting about it. Democrats, Democrats are actually complaining about this. Democrats are upset about this and saying, hold on a second, you can't do that. I didn't want him on the ballot, but this isn't right what you're trying to do to him. That's fascinating to me. Democrats are actually complaining and saying, wait a second, I don't want him on the ballot. These are Democrats in Maine. I don't want him on the ballot. I didn't vote for him. I think what he did was wrong, but you can't not allow him to be on the ballot. They're even saying that, some of them. And that's, that's correct. I mean, you may not like something, but we're supposed to live in America by the rule of law. And if we don't, it just becomes, you know, I, I know you're all saying, well, we don't. Well, I get it. We don't a lot of times. But we're supposed to aim for that, aren't we? I mean, we're Americans. We're supposed to be happy about that kind of thing. We're supposed to hope that we live by the rule of law. And I know it doesn't always happen. I get it because it's not a perfect world and it's full of imperfect people. I understand that. But the idea that we don't aim for that, we've got to at least aim for it. You've got to strive for that kind of thing. At least say, you know what? We're supposed to live by the rule of law, so we'll at least try. But this idea that you can just decide to take somebody off a ballot because you think he committed insurrection, where has he been convicted of that? Nowhere. And that's the whole point. And people are just, they're just, they're just bored with the circus. I mean, they really are. And then other states are considering this. You can't just decide to leave the front runner, just leave him off the ballot because you have decided, you've decided unilaterally. I mean, some of these states are in it together, I realize. But you, as a you know, governor or secretary of state who was doing this in various states, you can't just decide to do that because you think he committed insurrection because you weren't happy about the fact that people were upset that he was, uh, that they felt there were shenanigans that went on with his reelection. I mean, like I said, that's gone on as long as people have existed. There have been people upset when their guy or girl didn't achieve the office they thought they should have. There's nothing new in human history. And he wasn't happy about it. He thought he got screwed over. And I think I do too. Can't prove all of it, but I do too. I know a lot of you do. But the idea that, you know, just because you're upset about the fact that you, you know, feel like the craziness went on during the election, that's not having you convicted of insurrection. I mean, think of it. 50% of the people who walk out of any courthouse anywhere in America are upset, right? Every day. 
You got two people who walk in. You got the plaintiff and the defendant, whether it's civil, whether it's criminal. And 50% of the time, somebody's not going to be happy, right, with what the verdict was. They thought they had a case. That's why they were there. You go in because your neighbor won't move his fence or your neighbor won't do this or that or whatever. Your neighbor comes in. They feel like they've got as good a case as you do. And now they're going to hate you even more because they don't win. Or you're going to hate them even more because you don't even win. So we all know what goes on. People aren't happy, but that doesn't mean that you know they've committed any crime because they're not happy about having lost. I mean, we all felt, you know, many of us felt as if he got screwed over. But once again, we know there were shenanigans. We know that. There have been, and you know why we know that? Because there have been shenanigans in every election as long as human beings have existed. Did it rise to the level of screwing Trump out of the presidency? I think so, but I can't prove it. And at some point you have to move on. Now, that doesn't mean you forget about it. And that doesn't mean that you don't pay attention. You're not vigilant the next time. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you just take it and just you know, shrug your shoulders and go, oh, well, well, no, you got to care. We have to care. But you also, at some point, have to just move on with your life and you just have to deal with unfairness. We all have to deal with unfairness. Everybody in the world's got a story. We could all sit around the campfire and talk about how we got screwed over. Have somebody done you wrong? Right. All of us have been there. And you can let that eat you alive. You know, and can I just be honest? Every second that you spend looking in the rearview mirror to back up and run over somebody is time that you are not spending going forward. Can we all agree on that? I think we should. I mean, it's just a waste of your time. Shouldn't do that. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. They let grudges and animosity, whatever. Like I said, we've all got stories. I've had people try to do such horrible things to me in the radio business. I did write a book. You can read it. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head. You can read it. <laughs> and it's not whiny, but there's some stories in there that you, I think you need to know because they're part of the whole tapestry of what I've done. But I've had people actively trying to just stab a knife into my back every second of every day in a couple situations I've been in. And, you know, I'm not whining about it. I moved on. And they have to. Maybe they have. I don't know. Maybe they, I, I don't know. But you just can't let that bother you. And I don't let it bother me because I know that people are put in your situation sometimes because God wants that to happen. Well, I had a, when I first got in the business, I had a situation where I might have stayed had it not been for the, some of the people that, that were there. And I'm not going to get into all the specifics on that, but I believe God put some people in there who made my decision very easy as to whether to stay or whether to leave. And I do believe that was a God thing. Sometimes it's not. I mean, you, you have to look at all the circumstances, you know, and everything, but uh, everything works together for good or should. And, you know, you don't learn anything in life from smooth sailing, do you? You only learn from the storm, right? I can certainly say that. Texter, happy holidays, Heidi. Thank you for the real opinion on everything you bring to the table. Honest news. Oh, thank you very much. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is always open. 71307. 71307. I'm Heidi Harris in for Charlie James. Coming right back. Hey, this is fantastic news. Clemson just beat beat Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Woo, woo, woo. I love that. 
And apparently it was quite the uh, finish there. Obviously, I wasn't watching it because I'm kind of working here. <laughs> but they beat the uh, they beat Kentucky in the Gator Bowl 38-35. Those Wildcats. <laughs> That's fantastic news. That is so great. So, 2023 Gator Bowl winners, Clemson Tigers. I love it. All right. Just thought I'd share that with you guys. I'm sure if you're a football fan, you already know that. So, nothing new. All right. Anyway, and I realize that, you know, football is religion in a lot of places. One of my friends lives in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> we were there, uh, and I'm, I like college football a little bit, but I never lived where there was a good team worth watching. But uh, it's funny. She says when, when Sunday comes or Saturday comes and, and they're playing, it's funny. There's nobody anywhere. She lives on a golf course, and we were walking on the golf course. There was nobody on the golf course, nobody, because everybody was watching the game. She said everything shuts down when Alabama plays, and I was just laughing. Roll Tide, what can I tell you? All right, good stuff. All right, Mike DeWine from Ohio. You may not care about him, but here's why I care about him. He's now vetoed a bill that would have prevented minors from receiving gender-affirming health care and restricted transgender girls' ability to participate in school, on school sports teams. He's just one of two Republican governors who have voted, uh, voted, vetoed restrictions on gender-affirming care. But here's the thing about it. You know, you say we need conservatives in office. We need Republicans. People always say that, uh, you know, on the conservative side. You go to events, the conservatives, you know, talk about this and that. We need to get more conservatives in office. And then they do stuff like this. I mean, it's stunning to me. Anyway, this bill was sponsored by a state representative who's also a pastor, supported by religious groups. And uh, he was also uh, a swimmer who competed against a trans athlete in college. Here's what I want to know about this whole thing. Where is the outrage from women when it comes to trans athletes? Because, you know, we hear about the sisterhood and girls have to stick together and all this stuff, right? Women always claim they want all these rights. But at the end of the day, they don't have each other's backs at all. There is no woman who should have to compete against somebody who's biologically male for anything that she could potentially lose. In other words, there are a lot of girls who will spend their lives playing soccer, swimming. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter went to college on a volleyball scholarship. Okay, you never know what you can get. Okay, if you've got an ability, an athletic ability, and then you work your butt off, and then you come around at, at the end of the day, you're going to have to compete against a guy who's biologically stronger than you are, faster than you are, so you get screwed. My friend could not have gone to college had she not played a volleyball. She was able to go to a really good college. Her parents could never have afforded it. What if some guy had come in and taken her scholarship away from her? That's where we are now. That's where we are. Crazy land. So he said he took the easy way out. He said that the issue of trans sports participa participation should be handled by athletic associations rather than the government. No, it shouldn't. The government's got to come in and, and tell them. Now, here's what ought to happen. If I were in charge for the day, a week, a month, I would tell every parent in America, pull your daughters out of all the sports, everything. Swimming, soccer, softball, baseball, I don't care what it, pull your daughters out. And I guarantee you this nonsense would stop, and I'll tell you why. If you're a, a sports parent, you understand why. There's so much money made, 
and the parents have to pay a fortune between costumes and equipment and driving around and this and that and the other. It's a fortune. And if all the parents pulled their kids and said, nope, we're not going to participate. We're not going to play this sport. We're not going to swim. We're not going to do anything. So you, buddy, with the uh, boy parts, you go ahead and swim by yourself. Go ahead. We're not, no one else is going to be there. If that happened for a week, a month, even a year. So have your daughter swim at the pool, you know, just without competing with anybody. Have her just keep up her skills, you know, like Joe Flacco was doing when they just called him to come in and save the Cleveland Browns, all right? Sometimes, go ahead. But if every parent stood together and pulled their daughter out, this nonsense would be O-V-E-R. I guarantee it. That's what they need to do. And as far as the transgender stuff, it's just crazy. It's just insane. I don't care how many, how few children it involves. And he said, oh, I listen to both sides and this and that. And you know what? Nobody should have something done to them that's irreversible when they're not old enough to even, oh, I don't know, vote or get married or, you know, a lot of things. You're not allowed to drink. How about that? Texture, if I were a dad of boys who played sports, I'd encourage all boys to pull out and protest. Not one young man plays sports until they stop allowing boys to play against girls right right that's what that's what ought to happen if all the parents banded together this nonsense would be over over and as far as kids getting trans surgeries parts cut off that are i mean it's just insanity do i have to even explain that to you guys i don't i know i don't and for a republican to not want to put a ban uh, on this it's just You know, we need more Republicans in office. Uh, not necessarily. I'm Heidi Harris in for Charlie James. You can follow me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Rumble. Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. Coming right back on the Charlie James Show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.